Welcome to Digging In with the Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bowl, Director of Public Affairs, and joining me today is Spencer Tuma, our Director of National Legislative Programs. Welcome Thanks. to the program, Spencer. Thanks, Eric. I'm glad to be back for a second week in person. It's got to be some sort of record, it feels like. I know. It's kind of weird, but everything seems to be going well in the office so mm-hmm. far, and we're adjusting to the new normal, as they say. Um, we're Our cafeteria is looking different, and there's a lot uh, fewer walls, and the, the movable walls are all removed from mm-hmm. the auditorium area. So some things are just, like, looking a little bit different around here than normal, but everything seems to be going all right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited uh, to be back and excited to continue to see everybody. Um, I think everybody's excited to have be back in a little bit of a routine. Definitely so. Well, one of the things that we um, got to have happen this week that we've been looking forward to for a long time is the actual effective date, the implementation of the USMCA trade agreement. I know this is probably the number one thing you've worked on in the three years that you've been here and that I've been here as well. Um, So what are your feelings now that we finally have this thing in force? Yeah, so obviously a really exciting week with USMCA going into effect. And you're right, trade overall has been something that I've really focused a lot on in my tenure at Farm Bureau. So this is a really big win for Missouri agriculture. Uh, you know, the the agreement has a lot of, you know, bright spots, particularly for ag, uh, particularly with dairy, poultry, and wheat. Uh, those are three kind of uh, items that we had some issues with the way the other countries were handling those commodities. And uh, it it won't be a huge, I would say it's not revolutionary, but ev- evolutionary to use a phrase we used in the Farmville right. discussions, but um, it's probably not going to turn markets around for those commodities, but it certainly will grant some additional access, particularly in the dairy sector into mm-hmm. Canada. Um, so really excited to see that go into effect. Obviously, this is a very forward-looking trade agreement. It's kind of the first of its kind when it comes to addressing biotechnology issues um, and digital trade as well. So uh, those are really exciting things. We had put a lot lot of work into this endeavor, as you know. Uh, We're pleased to see most of our congressional delegation be on board. So uh, excited to see it finally come to fruition. Yeah, it's definitely moving a lot of things in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have talked about it as, like you said, it's it's a big step forward on – the modernization uh, mm-hmm. portions, and a lot of people have said that it's probably going to serve as the basis for future agreements yeah. as we work with other countries. I think that's one of the best parts about it is that we now will have a chapter on digital trade and on biotechnology, and that will um, be the foundation for future negotiations with other countries. And also, I guess we should mention that Canada and Mexico are the number one and number two trade partners for the United States overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is huge that it involves those, this this important of a, a agreement involves those big uh, customers that we have. Yeah, we're really looking forward to a continued strong partnership with Canada and Mexico. You know, a lot of Missouri crops go to Canada and Mexico. A lot of them go to China as well, which is another trade agreement that we continue to monitor. Um, So I do think your point about, you know, using the USMCA framework as a basis for future negotiations is going to be really important particularly as we look to trade deals potentially with the United Kingdom and other countries. Uh, we want to be sure that we're inclu- including those forward-looking technologies and those priorities uh, to ensure that we're addressing the needs of agriculture yeah. around the world. Yeah, and there's a handful of other places that we've heard the administrative administration officials say that they're looking into agreements with or already in negotiations with or mm-hmm. talks. 
Um, I think Kenya and India, India are the two that we've heard the most. Any others that come to mind that you've heard about? Those are the ones that are really top of mind right now. You know, we continue to um, look for opportunities to increase bilateral trade agreements and multilateral agreements. I know that uh, bilateral has been more of a priority of the administration, but you know, certainly we saw some some wins uh, with South Korea and Japan as well, kind of in that Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Um, the former, I guess, the current, although we're not a part of it, uh, comprehensive and progressive Trans-Pacific Partnership area. So, I think opportunities that we have to increase trade in that region as well are going to be really key. But it seems like all eyes right now are really on the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they've been doing virtual negotiations for the past several weeks. Um, As you know, uh, the U.S. and the United Kingdom both were heavily impacted by the coronavirus, so um, they've held those negotiations virtually. Uh, But did hear this week that it sounds like there's going to be some formal talks beginning with Kenya as early as next week. So that's a potential bright spot as well. Yeah, definitely. And with the U.K. leaving um, Europe earlier Mm -hmm. this year, which it's hard to believe that was actually a news story this year. I can't, like... It's hard for me to even remember that that happened. But that happened the same week that we signed the China Phase 1 deal. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's been so much packed into 2020. Um, But yeah, that happened less than six months ago that the UK went through Brexit and now is on their own. Yeah. Really fully autonomous, independent country again um, and not subject to the trade rules of the UK. So that also means they don't get all the the benefits that came with that. So we definitely would like to get something worked out with them because they're a huge economy and Obviously, we have the special relationship between the U.K. and the U.S. is something that we want to maintain and continue to grow. It'll be really interesting to see. I was watching a hearing earlier this week. It actually took place last week. I wasn't able to watch it in real time. But uh, U.S. Trade Representative Ambassador Robert Lighthizer testified in front of the House Ways and Means Committee. um, And Congressman Jason Smith actually asked about trade negotiations with the United Kingdom. You know, we've heard a lot of really kind of conflicting reports about how the U.K. will handle trade negotiations, particularly in agriculture. Uh, The EU, of course, they were formerly a part of that, had some very restrictive regulations that made it hard for some U.S. products to get into uh, the country to be traded and consumed by their customers. Um, So we're hopeful that uh, the U.K. will uh, have a little bit more of an open mind and maybe consider some of those new technologies. Ambassador Lighthizer uh, committed to Congressman Smith that they are doing their very best to make sure all of agriculture is included. And we were really pleased to see that Congressman Smith was able to uh, assert those facts for Missouri agriculture. Yeah, and you mentioned the biotechnology aspects of USMCA. Obviously, that's one of the biggest um, points of conflict mm-hmm. with any negotiation with the EU or the U.K., and I think we're going to um, have a lot of struggles to come to agreement on that. Yeah. But hopefully we'll be able to make progress there because that's really important to not only Missouri farmers, but also the biotechnology industry in Missouri, mm-hmm. which is bigger than anywhere else in the world. We really are the epicenter of that uh, where all the advances are happening is right here in Missouri. So hopefully we'll be able to come to a resolution on that. Well, um, back on the home front, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of people contacting us over the past few months um, and continue to ask questions about collusion in the meatpacking industry Mm -hmm. and potential antitrust investigations and 
um, what's happening with the DOJ looking into those. What have you been hearing on that? Yeah, so it's been a while since we've had a real official update. The latest development is that the Department of Justice did actually um, issue a subpoena to the four large meatpacking companies in the beef industry um, looking for additional information that may lead to questioning regarding antitrust or or collusion, whatever the word is you want to use. There's a lot of different ways you could describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the latest we've heard. That was a couple of weeks ago. Haven't had much of an update since then, but, you know, have been assured we visit with our congressional delegation very frequently. Um, Every time we have a conversation about livestock issues, this is something that comes up. Um, I've been assured by multiple offices that they are staying on top of it. Sometimes, uh, as we all know, unfortunately, in Washington, things don't always work as quickly as we would like them to. But we have tried to be very, very aggressive in the fact that we've really been waiting on the results of this investigation since last August when Mm -hmm. the fire took out that packing plant in Kansas. And so um, our farmers need answers, and we need to continue to keep on these agencies to fulfill those um, to fulfill those promises, so that we can look at the results, assess the problem, and start thinking about what solutions might actually be helpful to farmers and ranchers. Yeah, it's probably going to be something that is several years in the making. Uh, hopefully, we'll get results from the investigations well before then. But yeah, the, to change anything will not be. A fast process, I'm sure. Yeah, because it's a it's a big industry that has a lot of capital assets invested, and if you're gonna you know try to break it up, or if you're going to try to create more processing plants, those take a long time to build and takes a, a lot of work to get to there. But hopefully, we'll be able to start making progress. Yeah, For, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess it depends on how you look at it. One thing I've tried to tell people is that. Um, we've known these these issues have existed for a long time in the livestock markets. Um, And that also means they weren't created overnight. So that it doesn't mean they're going to be solved overnight. And I know that's really, really frustrating, particularly because of the volatility we've seen recently. But um, it it just takes time, and we're trying our very best to get get information out to folks. Yeah, again, need to just start moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. rather than the wrong direction. Yep. Um, okay, so another piece of news that we've heard recently, um, just in the past few days really, is about the Missouri State Fair mm-hmm. and what that's going to look like this year. It's not going to be as different as we had thought, I right. guess, but you know, it's still another, what, five or six weeks until it starts, so who knows what might change between now and then. Sure. But what are you uh, expecting to see this year in Sedalia? Yeah, so really excited for the Missouri State Fair. As, as many of our listeners know, it's kind of like the Super Bowl for Farm Bureau. We have a very, very strong presence at the Missouri State Fair. Um, our staff is working very hard to ensure that everything in our building is going to be safe for people so they don't have to worry about um, potential exposure, that sort of thing, if they are worried about the pandemic. Uh, But it sounds like the show is going to go on mostly as normal. Uh, There are going to be a few changes, according to the Department of Ag. Uh, One big change is that there will be no concerts in the grandstands this Mm -hmm. year. Um, And some other um, things have been canceled. Some of the livestock shows have been altered. Some of the exhibits have been altered as well. Um, You can actually visit the Missouri State Fair website and see a full listing of uh, which events will continue to go on and which ones uh, may have to be modified or canceled this year. But we're really looking forward to it. I know one of my personal favorite events of the fair is the governor's ham breakfast. Mm -hmm. It sounds like that is going to go on as normal in the new uh, director's pavilion that they built this past year. So uh, we have a lot of activities associated Uh, with Legislative Day as well as other activities on the fair. So uh, we are currently evaluating those activities for that day, and hopefully uh, we will be able to 
have a very, very normal fair experience. <laughs> Hopefully so, yeah. We've had a lot of meetings in the past few days. Um, just yesterday, we spent an hour and a half talking about what the what our building is going to look like on the inside and, and on the outside. We're going to move a lot more things outdoors this year, I think, and um, everybody's going to be trying to do more things in open air spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it all pans out. But uh, more or less sounds like a pretty normal fair. They're going to have the midway. Um, they're just not going to have those concerts. They are going to have um, most of the livestock shows and that type of thing for the kids to participate in. And so, um, yeah, definitely we'll be developing a lot more news about that over the past next few weeks and uh, look forward to seeing what comes out of it. What is your favorite fair food? Oh, well, corn dogs. Oh, mine too. Okay. <laughs> I knew we'd be on the same page with that because yeah. I remember your hunt for a corn dog last year. Oh, yes. Um, seemed like it was a really big thing. Have to have a corn dog if you're at the also, fair. Also, kettle corn. I really like kettle corn. There's a place at, at the Missouri State Fair that also sells cheese curds and they have jalapeno ranch. So, it's so good. I've honestly, I've actually never tried those. Um, oh, Eric, you're missing out. <laughs> about three or four weeks ago, I made a bet with Jill Fansler in our office about mm-hmm. uh, whether or not we were going to have a fair. And the bet was about cheese curds. And so I owe her a bucket of cheese curds because I was I was believing it probably would get called off. But she won. She's right. So now I will have to purchase my first bucket of cheese curds. She will make sure you pay up on that. <laughs> I know. And Meredith uh, Lange, who is also helping out to run the building this year, um, she demanded a bucket of cheese curds too. So I guess I have to buy cheese two. curds for all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we next week we uh, will have the summer edition of Show Me Magazine going out. I think it um, gets dropped in the mail on Wednesday, maybe of mm-hmm. next week. And so we ought to start uh, seeing it in our mailboxes late in late in the week, or maybe the uh, beginning of the following week. And one of the big parts of that is the policy development questionnaire. We talked at length about that mm-hmm. last week, but um, everybody should have the opportunity to see that over the next few days um, and start filling that out. And um, also wanted to ask about the um, online portion or option. Yep. Is that live and ready for people to use now? It is. If you visit www.portal.mofb.org, You'll be prompted to enter your membership number uh, and some information. I think it asks for your zip code, your billing zip code for your Missouri Farm Bureau membership. And then it's actually right at the top. So you'll just be able to click on 2020 questionnaire and be able to fill that out. The only personal information it will ask you for is your county so that we can ensure your questionnaire is sent to the right county board. Um, Because you have to log in. Some people are worried that, well, if I enter my membership number, then we'll be able to figure out who you are and it won't be anonymous. That's not true. I actually tested it yesterday. So um, you'll have to log in, but we will not actually see your membership number. So Mm -hmm. you'll just put in your county. Um, So for me, I put in Osage County. If you were filling it out, you'd put in Boone County. And then that way, when we get a readout of your responses, we know that that questionnaire needs to go to the Boone County or Osage County office. Yeah, so that login just lets you into the, to the, the general site. system. Yep. Yeah, the website. But then it's not really attached to your submission at all. No. It just goes in a different system. I actually went through and submitted it. I logged in with my own membership number and billing zip code and then entered my county. And then I looked at the report on the back end and it just said anonymous user Osage County. Cool. So, yep, it was very easy to do. It took about probably less than 10 minutes to fill out the questionnaire. Good. Very good. Well, yeah, I encourage people to go there. You said it's portal.mofb.org. Okay, very good. Um, Okay, so we are just about to go into our holiday weekend. Mm -hmm. 
or at the celebration of America's birthday. Um, so I wanted to ask you what your favorite, well, two things. What's your favorite uh, 4th of July food since this is Farm Bureau? Okay. And also your, your favorite 4th of July tradition. Okay, so 4th of July, I don't know if you know this, is actually my favorite holiday. I did not know that. It is by far my favorite holiday. I think holiday. you're along with Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth Weiss here, our um, sound producer, is um, always on the, what's what do you call it, your agenda, your patriotic agenda? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every You might notice almost every video that she produces has an American flag at, at least once. Of She's course it very, does. very, very big on the patriotism. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Fourth of July is my favorite holiday for a couple of reasons. One, because it's warm, and I do not like cold weather. So mm-hmm. um, so that's, like, one of the reasons. The other reason is Fourth of July doesn't have a lot of obligations, right? Uh, There's true. nothing that's really forced about Fourth of July. It's, it's just holiday. pride in yeah. your nation. So mm-hmm. um, I love the Fourth of July. My favorite Fourth of July food is probably, like, a hot dog or a cheeseburger. I just like food on the grill. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited for this weekend. Um, there's a movie that I like. It's called Legally Blonde. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. And um, so realistic. Since I went to law school, you know, yeah, I can speak to right. That. Yeah, anyway, exactly what it's like. so there's a part on Legally Blonde where she says, "You look like the Fourth of July," and I just really like. <laughs> I just you love that. Wanted someone to say that. I've to just you. wanted someone to say that to me my whole <laughs> life. Anyway, um, so Fourth of July food is definitely hot dogs and burgers. Um, Fourth of July activity. So we don't do this as much anymore because I'm an adult now. But when I was a kid, uh, we used to do fireworks at my aunt's house. Mm. And uh, we would always go over there and everybody would like pitch in and they'd get a bunch of fireworks. And when I was a kid, I always maybe had a bit of a flair for the dramatic. Um, <laughs> maybe a Can't little. Uh, a lot of showmanship mm-hmm. in my in my um in my young younger years anyway um i was always in charge of announcing the names of all of the fireworks at mm. our family fireworks show elizabeth is laughing at me <laughs> um so uh, you'd be good at that. my dad and my uncle would um they would be the ones obviously lighting because mm-hmm. fire and kids probably not oh, the greatest combination men do love fire i don't have children yes. of my own but i have to think there was some safety concerns being taken into account Hopefully. so they would like i would pick the firework up and read the name of it and run it down to them and then i would run back up to my family who normally had some like patriotic music playing in the background we really went all out wow. for this and i would yell the name of the um of the display they were about to see Wow, and I still really enjoy that, even though <laughs> I am not young. I'm not that young anymore. But um, there were very, there are a lot of popular uh, fireworks in my family. Many that we got every year because I enjoyed announcing them so much. Very good. Well, and my my eldest uh, mm-hmm. August was born on the third of July. Uh huh. 13 years ago, so he is about to become a teenager. Oh Today's my, my gosh. last day of not having a teenager oh my gosh <sighs> it's really kind of sad and i mean it's exciting too but can't believe that's already here upon us does but august announce the fireworks he does not oh no you really need to assign it. someone in your family to announce the fireworks that's a good idea we don't typically shoot off too many fireworks on that's our own, fair but we might do some of that this year i don't know we're gonna um we're gonna have a family get together and have some ribs and some barbecue and that ribs kind of stuff. are a good yeah. fourth of july food i think that's a good one too and um, my kids are really into watermelon oh yeah um, maggie our middle child can eat about six pieces in a setting you know, like mm-hmm. the big slices so i think we'll have a little bit of that too and it'll be a real 
you know, traditional 4th of July. It'll be very nice. Good. Is So are ribs your favorite 4th of July food? I'd say a corn on the cob probably Oh, is. corn on the cob. Yeah. I like that. Unpopular opinion. I don't like corn on the cob. Ooh. In in any setting. I never have. I'm not You're sure weird. why. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's My husband funny. thinks that's incredibly strange. But <laughs> oh, anyway. Well. well, I hope you enjoy your break and your 4th of July you too. festivities. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to get back together next week and talk more about what's going on in Missouri agriculture. Sounds great. We'll see you next week. All right.